do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. Folks, I think potentially I have figured out a way to have the microphone closer to my face, which is what they say professionals should do. So uh, I think going forward, and I should mark the episode 456, four, four, episode 456, easy to remember because it's a 4 followed by a 5 followed by a 6, will be when audio will improve uh, because it allows me to turn down the input of the microphone if it's closer to my face, which means less likely to hear any background hums and noises and such. So... Um, all a good thing, I would think. Uh, this will be a test, I guess, which almost rhymes. Okay, enough uh, behind-the-scenes action. Let me start by saying this is a show that is sort of a personal journal, if you will, of the various media I have consumed. I pour it forth into the interwebs so that this uh, information, sure, this, this input, as Johnny Five would say, does not just sit up in my dusty attic of a brain and slowly drive me insane. No, no, no. Rather, I let you experience it as if you were in my brain, which is creepy, you weirdo. And I love you. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with the show, I will push a button in, a, in several seconds that will start a series of five, uh, five minute timers like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Baby Steps by Dr. Leo Marvin. I've realized that the mic closer to my face means it's further away from my phone, which plays the timer, which plays the inter-segment inter sounds, so those will be quieter. <sighs> Podcasting. Movie the first, Annihilation. Annihilation, if you prefer. Really hitting those H's, and I hope you do. Uh, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. I will say right off the bat that I love, love a mysterious zone. And anytime there's a zone where things in in happening in it are at all mysterious, just sign me up. Uh, Reading-wise, before I forget, uh, I really like this. Uh, can I go five? 
I almost want to go five as the rating, but I will not. So there. Uh, this, of course, stars uh, Natalie Portman, who I feel like I haven't seen in a while. She's uh, one of those actresses who I feel like just good in everything. Always good. Never seen her in anything where I haven't been thoroughly impressed. This included. Uh, it's had sort of a sci-fi, mostly, I guess you would say. <clears throat> but there's there is sort of other elements to it than just sci-fi. Um, basically, without giving too much away, although uh, I do warn of spoilers at the top of every show, even though I forgot to do it at the top of this show. Spoiler warnings possible incoming for everything in this episode. There, that counts, right? Uh, uh, DNA genetic uh, mutations have run a wild in this area. Uh, and shit gets real fucking crazy, which is something else I like. Like this movie's weird, weirder than you think it is from the trailers. Uh, from the trailers, it, it just seems to be like a sort of standard action-y sci-fi movie, but it definitely takes turns into things you're not expecting, which is one of the reasons that I'm going to change it to a five out of five. Ha <laughs> ha. I talked myself into it. Okay, uh, next moving over to uh, a little film by the name of What About Bob? Question mark. Ah, this movie from 1991, starring none other than Bill Murray, or William Murray, if you are a weirdo. Uh, a, a successful psychotherapist loses his mind after one of his most dependent, dependent patients... Uh, let's change that to one of his most... Uh, a needy patience, yeah. Uh, an obsessive compulsive neurotic tracks him down during his family vacation. Of course, starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, just a, a great movie, and uh, we actually sort of had a, a purpose for watching this movie. Uh, recently made a friend uh, from India. Uh, she, well, not so much recently, but uh, anyways, that's the timeline of that is unimportant. What is important, I'll segue, uh, is she had never really seen much in the way of Western films. So uh, we sort of thought, why not start with What About Bob? What's the reasoning that we did that? I, I don't know. Bill Murray is probably like my favorite actor. Uh, and it's just sort of like a light 90s comedy style movie. And uh, Kel Surprise, or maybe not, uh, she loved it. And actually asked me to recommend more movies of this type. So from, from not seeing any Western movies... Uh, if you know anyone like that, show them apparently What About Bob and, uh, they'll be hooked. Hey, love that. Uh, th this movie is a five out of five. Just, just a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, from no matter what country you're from, hey, why not? Check it out. Okay, uh, next from 2018, Rampage. Yeah, uh, I wanted a dumb, uh, uh, action flick as you do, as The Rock is wont to generate from time to time. Um, when three different animals become infected, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with a dangerous pathogen, a primatologist and a geneticist team up to stop them from destroying Chicago. I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, there was a video game, which apparently this is based on, I guess, uh, an arcade game called Rampage where that game was actually pretty fun. Um, and I think it was for Nintendo as well, but, but originally I, uh, uh, arcade game where you'd be like a giant monkey or whatever and like smash buildings and like flip cars and eat people and stuff. Um, and, and the more you smash, the better you do. Uh, this somehow turns that into a movie and does it do it well? Yeah, 
you know, it's got action, it's got big monster things, it's got fighting. Uh, as long as you go into this movie realizing its uh, limitations, I guess you would say. Sure, it's a fine movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know what? I'm going to pause and clear my throat well. Or good. One of those is not right. Uh, yeah, so uh, know the limitations of the movie Rampage. Uh, and you'll have a fine time. So, if, I don't I don't know. I, my rating scale, three is enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. And there was moments of cool enjoyment, um, sort of interesting scenes, good action set pieces with these giant monsters. But uh, e even with that, it, it really wasn't that good. So I'll, I'll go with two and a half. Hey, why not? Uh, last but not least, The Commodore Story. Uh, this is a, you guessed it, documentary about The Commodore. Um, not just The Commodore 64, which is one that I had, uh, had because my grandfather had it for his work. He was a, a police officer. It was actually at one point, uh, the deputy chief of police for, uh, Toronto. So, you know, that's something which I guess necessitated the use of computers from time to time, even though it was way back in the day. Uh, so I got one of his, uh, hand-me-downs, which was a Commodore 64. Very interesting. Um, uh, th this talked of the company as a whole. Uh, it was just okay. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, like, I normally like this kind of thing, the, this kind of documentary, but this one didn't pull me in for some reason, like a lot of them have. Uh, so I'll just go like a, a, a three. Yeah. Okay. Today's Television Talk sponsor is, oh, another book, I see. Coincidence? Hmm. Uh, Fucking and Punching by Hank Moody. Thank you for that sponsorship. Today we're going to be talking Californication, the TV series. All seven seasons I've almost watched. Oh, what am I on? Uh, okay, so it's seven season. I'm on season seven, episode nine. So I'm like right at the at the end there. Um, but I figured, hey, you know what, I'm not going to wait a week, and, uh, because then I will forget all the other stuff. I flew through this series, like I haven't done in a while. Uh, this is a very good, um, play video game while watching TV series. Um, a lot. The other thing that's good, if you like boobs, you're going to get a fair amount of boobs in this show. <laughs> what, uh, this was on FX, I think? What, what channel was this on that there was so many boobs? Anyways... Uh, it stars, uh, David Duchovny, Duchovny, <laughs> Duchovny, uh, uh, David Duchovny, who you may know from the X-Files, which, uh, I'll just do a little tease for probably next episode, if I do recall, uh, the missus and I are going to watch season 10 and 11 of the X-Files, so, you know, there you go, she gave me some, <laughs> I watched season 10, having not realized, uh, apparently I said I would watch it with her. Uh, I really would not think the X-Files would be up her alley whatsoever, but apparently she did watch it back in the day, which is shocking to me. Uh, so <laughs> I got in trouble for that. So, uh, we're re-watching re in prep for, to watch the new season. Anyways, we're not here to talk about X-Files. Uh, we're here to talk about Californication. Yes. 
Uh, okay, so uh, the show is about uh, uh, the character played by David Coveney. His name's Hank Moody, Hank Moody rather, uh, and he's a novelist, uh, kind of a one-hit wondery novelist, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, he's just a, a, a womanizer and often alcoholic, sometimes drug user, and it's just like his crazy life and the shit that goes on in uh, in the life of someone who lives in the sort of Hollywood area, uh, interacts with, uh, Holly weird and the biz of show. Uh, so things get real, real crazy in this show, uh, which is, I think why I like it so much and why it was popular enough to get seven seasons. Uh, I, I seem to recall like never really knowing anyone who watched this. Like, I don't think any of my, uh, my friends talked of this when it was on. When was it on? It was on like in the, oh, 20, oh, wow, to 2014. So it was uh, 2007 to 2014 it was on. And I, and, and I don't think I knew anyone who actually watched it. Oh, it was on Showtime, uh, which is surprising to me that this didn't have more, I don't know if mass appeal is the right word. It, it's just like I, I can't think of anyone I know who has ever spoken of this show before, despite the fact that uh, seemingly, if this was on today, it would do well, I, I feel like. Uh, on that note, let me throw out my rating of... Uh, can I go five? I, I, I think I can, with not too much hesitation. So that's a convoluted rating. A five out of five, with very little hesitation of that rating. <laughs> uh, I like the writing, it's smart, uh, it's funny... Uh, the, the, the character of Hank Moody is likable, but also an asshole, which I think is hard to pull off, but, uh, David Duchovny does well at that. Uh, his wife on it, who, uh, not wife, actually, that they, they never get married. Uh, they have a kid. Uh, she wasn't in the last, uh, season or so, which was interesting. They have a, a, a child girl, uh, and she sort of, uh, fucked off to New York, I guess. Uh, but then they introduced that he had a son that he didn't know about it. So that was sort of a weird little twist there. Uh, a son with Heather, Heather Graham is in, in the last season or so. So that, that was cool because I'm a, I'm a Heather Graham fan. Easy to say. Uh, he's got a manager, uh, Runkle who's sort of a, a comic foil uh, uh, masturbating in his office, famously. Uh, a, a large cast of characters, both funny and deranged. So, hey, check it out. Why don't you? Californication. Today's book banter sponsor is Jem'Hadar and the Holograms. Thank you for that sponsorship. Folks, if you are following along, and I know you are, you will know that I'm reading four books in a series called Section 31. Uh, this one is titled Abyss, and it takes place in the Star Trek universe, of course, as all four books do. This one in particular on Deep Space Nine, or DS9, if you prefer. Uh, okay, so right off the bat, I will say of the books, uh, of the four books, actually, because I'm almost done the fourth one, I will say, um, this one takes for granted the most that you have watched the show. 
whereas I think the other ones more so you could just sort of pick up and you would be fine. Uh, this one, uh, less so I would say, uh, which is, which will make my rating difficult, but not really because I rate from what I felt, not what I think others will feel. So, uh, I'll go like a solid four plus, uh, but in, in this sort of is intertwined with what I just said, uh, if you have no idea of, uh, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine or some of its intricacies. Why are you reading this book, you weirdo? First off, um, I, I love it, but, you know, that's a strange thing to do. Uh, especially with the fact that you'll have maybe some difficulty uh, understanding some of it. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, okay, so let me read the, the Goodreads until see if that helps us at all. Um uh, they are the self-appointed protectors of the Federation. Amoral, shrouded in secrecy, answerable to no one. Section 31 is the Mysterious Covert Operations Division of Starfleet. A rogue shadow group committed to safeguarding the Federation at any cost. I like that. Uh, mere days after startling events of Avatar. Uh, I guess that was another book. Uh, yeah, so that's maybe why some of the things even I'm like, what the hell's going on? Uh, Dr. Julian Bashir faces his darkest nightmare when Section 31 compels him to undertake the mission to stop one of their own. But this renegade is no ordinary agent. Agent? Like Bashir, Dr. Ethan Locken is genetically enhanced, a human superior in body and mind, but Locken dreams of remaking the galaxy in his own image, dot, 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 and creating a new empire based on the example of the infamous Khan Noonien Singh. Like, from the Wrath of Khan, that guy? Pretty cool. Uh, and as he begins to understand the terrifying truth about his opposite number, Bashir will learn more about himself than he ever wanted. Dun-dun-dun. See, that sounds pretty interesting, and uh, I can verify it was. Uh, the tie-in of Khan from the Wrath of Khan was kind of cool, uh, because he was uh, genetically enhanced, he and all his, uh, his buddies, which is why in the, the sort of Star Trek universe, if you're unfamiliar, uh, genetic modification to humans has been um, like made illegal since way back in the day, back in the day from like uh, 2100 to in the late 2000s, something like that. I, I, I don't know my timelines uh, that well enough to give dates within Star Trek lore, sorry. Um, but it's kind of cool because uh, now, just in human actual IRL, that sort of thing is probably going to start coming into play. Excuse me, like the legal legalities of genetic manipulation... Uh, there's not really anything in place now, but you got to assume, like with anything like that, uh, there eventually will be. Like, will there be a con, some uh, genetically engineered human who's super smart, strong, and can sort of just take over the world with its, its smart and strongness? See, the thing about that is, like, can one person really just take over a world, no matter how smart or strong? Don't they need more than that? I don't know. It's a question that's not answered in this book. Um... Yeah, I'm going to try to stick to the timer on this one. Uh, it's by David Weddle and Jeffrey Lang. Thank you, uh, 
Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Today's game, Gavin Sponson, is... Oh, uh, we've got a procedurally generated sponsor, uh, Quizzerbidatilisticatob. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, got two games, or rather, uh, one old game revisited, as well as a new game barely dipped my toe in. Uh, let's start with the old first, because that makes sense from a chronological standpoint, I do believe. No Man's Sky... Yes, uh, from my perspective, uh, it has just been updated with its uh, big uh, next, quote-unquote, update. Um, so they changed a bunch of things to make it basically more like what they promised when the game was first sort of uh, announced and, and, and uh, all, all the press around it sort of said, this is what it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And then it ended up not happening and everyone hated the company in the game and uh, it just sort of exploded into the internet rage, the likes of which few have ever seen. Uh, I, who bought it at that time and spoke of the, the, the initial game on this very podcast, said along the lines of, I don't remember exactly what I said, because I don't remember what I say as soon as I turn the microphone off, for the most part, but I do remember uh, thinking, come on, you're blowing it a little bit out of proportion. It's just a game, and it's a fun game, uh, even if it's not exactly what was promised. Hey, I, I played it for like 30 hours or 20 hours or something like that, and I had a lot of fun doing so. Uh, so I did not begrudge it not being exactly what was promised, like seemingly it more is now. Uh, I am maybe 10 hours or so into it, um, which is interesting that I've been able to come back to a game, which is not something I do very often. Um, but what's even more interesting is like right now, <laughs> this very second, in fact, I really want to play it. Uh, in fact, I was debating putting off the recording of this podcast. I was like, eh, maybe I'll just record two next week. Uh, uh, I decided against it um, because I got other stuff to do today. Uh, anyways, so, uh, so far this new update, I, I think has changed enough that uh, I'm going to get more hours out of a thing I've already paid for, which to me is impressive. And uh, rating wise, I'm like a four or five. Like I, I, I've enjoyed No Man's Sky enough that uh, there's there's very few games on my Steam where if I play them and sort of get to a point where I am either beat the game or don't think I'm going to come back, I'll uninstall them. Uh, every once in a while, like, geez, 1 in 10, 1 in 20, I will leave the game installed uh, thinking, uh, you know what, this is one that every once in a while I feel like I'm going to want to dust off and, and just hop into for a little bit. And this is one of those games, so thank you, No Man's Sky. Uh, next is the one I've just sort of started to uh, dip my toe into, but it seems like it's going to be fun. It's called Dungeons of Dreadmore, but it's D-R-E-D-M-O-R. So Dreadmore? Dreadmore? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, sort of a very typical RPG-E roguelike. Um, I don't think... It has, or does it have, uh, infinite uh, death? See, see, uh, it was uh, uh, crowdfunded as well. I do believe it was. 
uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, and I think it's got a sense of humor about itself, which I like. Uh, so basically you're going around a dungeon. Uh, uh, it's got the interesting thing and I don't really know what they call this where it's like, uh, my character move. It's not really, is it turn-based? I guess it is kind of turn-based. Um, like my character will, will move, which will allow the bad guys to move and then sort of rinse and repeat. So I'll attack, which will let the bad guys then attack. But that, that includes movement. Uh, I feel like normally turn-based is, is less movement inclusive. If that's a thing that makes sense at all, which I feel like it doesn't. Uh, I don't think I can give it a rating yet other than to say, I've seen the potential that it's going to be cool. Uh, you've got your sort of typical uh, inventory with uh, a crap load of stuff you can pick up and sort of put on your character. And I think there's like crafting as well. So uh, it, it feels like it's going to be deep and I like it so far. So maybe more on that after No Man's Sky though. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is GOG.com. You're looking for great old gals? GOG.com. Okay, uh, internet intercourse item. The first is we got a lovely, lovely podcast crossover. The likes of which we've never seen. Mm, I don't know. It was a pretty good one. Uh, it was uh, Joey Coco Diaz from The Church of What's Happening Now and Bobby Lee from Tiger Belly uh, both did each other's podcasts. And I got to say, these are two dudes who uh, have known each other many, many years. Uh, both are stand-up comedians, but are seemingly just so incredibly different people that it's amazing how uh, well they can interact with one another. And I don't know if it's sort of the years the of podcasting between them that makes them just have this sort of innate ability to sit and talk with people for hours on end and make it interesting. Uh, seemingly not only, definitely for us, the listener, but seemingly to themselves in the room. Uh, it's really, really cool to behold. And uh, these are both just sort of crazy dudes in, in very different ways. That's the other interesting thing because they're so uh, different, but also equally just sort of crazy. Uh, the, if you know both of them, and I hope you do, uh, you should listen to their podcasts. They're way better than this one. Um, like it's obviously hard to describe their different crazinesses, their, their different crazy flavors. Ooh, I like that. Maybe that'll be, uh, in the episode title different. No, no. How about, Oh, oh, this is what's your crazy flavor spelt. Oh, you are because I'm Canadian. All right. Yeah. I think that might be the title of this episode, which I love it when that happens during the recording of the episode, I come up with the title. Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's do that. Just sorry. Sometimes I, I type it out like that and then I close the window and forget what it was going to be because I'm an idiot. Uh, anyways, go check those out. Uh, the next is no clip did another doc. Yes. Danny O'Dwyer, the doc King. He does an amazing video game related documentary, uh, including 
this most recent one on GOG, uh, Good Old Games. Uh, it's a website, uh, a video game service similar to Steam. Uh, they focus more on what uh, GOG does, and that is taking old games uh, from old, uh, I don't think necessarily consoles, but old uh, computer games that they wouldn't play on like a Windows 10 and then sort of convert them so that they can play on newer systems. Uh, it's almost like a museum archive sort of function, it feels like. And that's sort of how they... Uh, came at the documentary is the the difficulties of doing this process which seemingly from the the legalities to the technical to the it's just an insane amount of work they put in to make these old games that uh, most people haven't played simply because they can't play available to the public uh as really doing uh, the Lord's work, if I believed in, you know, the Lord. Uh, okay, moving on to, uh, so so definitely check that out. Uh, moving on to the Adventure Zone, colon, live at San Francisco. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I, I live, I'm still listening to the Adventure Zone and their new uh, iteration with uh, without playing Dungeons & Dragons. This was uh, a return to the old D&D format. Uh, and I gotta say, uh, and it's not like they'll, they'll ever listen to this, and I never say mean things on the internet because that's mean, but, uh, man, when they're playing D&D, it is just so, 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 so much better than when they're not, <laughs> when they're playing, uh, what, the, what they're playing now. Is it the fate system? I, I forget what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I really hope that they return to uh actual factual D one day than the than the game they're playing now it, it just i feel like it lends itself so much more to 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 like story so even story even story yeah uh like, like you could you could easily make an argument that what the adventure zone is doing now is easier to tell a story and can tell a more rich and filling fulfilling story but I, I don't even know if that's necessarily true. Um, what I think D&D does that this new format doesn't let them do is talk uh, out of character and sort of joke around as much. Uh, like, it's always sort of like they're forced. It almost feels like they're forced to stick to a format that... Um, how do I say this without offending people who will never hear this? <laughs> oh man, that's the Canadian in me there. Uh, it, it, it feels like they're, they're, they're trying too hard to have a story, uh, elicit feelings in the listener. Whereas, uh, when they were playing D and D it happened naturally. Yeah. I, I think that's how I would say it. Hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, we're out of time, so I'll just say I watched a bunch of <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con vids, and uh, it has, as always, inflamed my desire to go there one day. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I think one day I will, but Fan Expo, though, coming up in about a month from my perspective. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email 
jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper